0: Hey everyone, we're so glad you're here. I'm Alisa Monjadas. I'm a marketing leader and executive coach. I'm Courtney Copeland, and I'm an accountability and wellness coach.
1: And I'm Dr. Murari Simeon, an activator of talent, HR executive, author, and working mom.
0: If you're anything like the successful multicultural women we interview on the What Rules podcast, you've learned that you can't do it alone. And we teach women like yourself to outsmart the game to get ahead in your career. We're really talking about those rules that we grew up with as women and
2: expectations that have been placed on us.
1: Our mission is to change the face of leadership at What Rules podcast. As you listen to our talented guests, take note and take action. Go ahead. Go and break those rules.
0: You know what I think is so cool? When you have a mentor or someone that you really look up to, and then you grow up. And this is a situation that we are in today. <laughs> Dr. Merati has been Nicole's mentor. And now they're like equals in the playing field. Nicole, how does that feel? <laughs>
3: First of all, no, I can't even see myself being equal to, to Mar- You're better. She's like, that's my no, job. Make no. you better than she me. She is like, <laughs> no, no. It's more than a mentor, right? Like she was someone that I could actually role model. Being in corporate America, it's hard to find someone that you could actually look at and say, okay, that's who I want to be more like, right? And actually follow that person. And then to meet that person, and then that person becomes your friend. It's just the biggest blessing. Um, it made me cry. <laughs> it it made a big difference. It, it made a big difference. I, I feel lucky all the time to say like who my mentor is and. Mm,
1: well, I am always bragging. Like, do you know who Nicole is and what she's doing? So it's always anyone that I mentor. My goal is to make sure. And you know this, Nicole. When we talk, I'm like, no. I want you to be better than me because then I know I've done my job.
3: Yes, and then the best thing about it is paying it forward, right? Yes. So many things you have said to me over the years, I've said to others. I even had to corner someone like you cornered <laughs> me. I remember <laughs> you had to give me like that reality check. It was hard, but I wouldn't change it. I would not change, not one moment of it.
0: Well, let's get this party started. Welcome to the What Rules podcast. We are here to help you outsmart the game, to own your career, to understand how to overcome any obstacles. Well, this isn't that magical of a podcast. Yes, it is. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Yes. Okay. My name is Elisa Manjadas. I have a background in executive coaching and B2B marketing and... I'm going to do something new with us today. I'm going to say like what we're bringing to this conversation. Are you guys cool with that? Let's do it. Okay. What I'm bringing to this conversation today is a fiery passion. That's it. Merari, who are you? What are you bringing to this conversation today? Hello, my name is Dr. Merari Simeon, and I'm an activator
1: of talent, creating a world where multicultural women in positions of power are the norm. And what I bring to this conversation is my experience and my superpower to activate the talent in every woman I encounter.
0: I love it. I should have written mine down. (laughs) All right, you go, Courtney.
2: <laughs> okay. Hi, I am Courtney Copeland. I am a co-host with these beautiful women on this What Rules podcast. And my focus is advancing women in their careers, whether it's through networking, whether it's through empowering their mindset. What I'm bringing to this conversation today specifically is my power to really connect women and bring them together and to facilitate conversations that help us all grow. Nicole, I'm so excited to talk to you. Me too. I'm excited to be here. And what I'm bringing to the
3: table today is experience. Currently, I'm a human resource vice president at one of the largest private equity firms in the world. I am an entrepreneur at heart. My expertise is in customer and employee engagement. But diversity, equity, inclusion is my ministry. You know, being in a position to help organizations attract, hire, and retain people who look like me and from other underrepresented or marginalized groups is a part of that ministry and my purpose. How did you and Merari meet? I met her in the workplace. There's a thing called find your people. And when I met Marari, I found my person and I was lucky enough to join her team and instantly not only was she my manager, but she became my mentor and that grew into friendship, that grew into sponsorship, constantly providing opportunities for me to even be here, telling my story or sharing you know, lessons and experience today. So that's how we met in the workplace. I can't tell you what the first conversation was like, but I can tell you the one that I remember, and that was the one where it was her and and her colleague and another, you know, mentor of mine. They pulled me into this office, and they said, listen, we're going to tell you like it is. They told me, you know, you're always talking about how you feel, and it's like, no one cares about (laughs) your feelings. (laughs) And, you know, that that put things in perspective for me, right? They said, when you talk, you use data. You want people to hear you. Um, know your audience. They was just like schooling me. They talked about, you know, imposter syndrome. Like, you belong here. You're supposed to be here. Don't let anyone make you feel less than. So it was like that hard Coaching moment that I wasn't <laughs> expecting. I thought we was just there to talk about strategy and, and planning, and then they just stood up and just started like schooling me. And you know, I took that and I, I still hold that very close to me because it's the very thing that I keep in the back of my head when I do get into those moments of being afraid or feeling like I'm not ready for something. I I hear her in in the back of my head telling me, "Don't let no one tell you that you're not ready." or you can't do something. So that's the conversation I remember, but I'm sure it wasn't, I hope it wasn't our first conversation. (laughs) I
1: always talk about being to someone else, the person that wasn't there for me. And I always wish that somebody would have gave it to me straight. And I still look for that till this day. You know, what I loved about Nicole and people have different mentees is that she listened and she used what worked for her. I'm not always right, but it's like, okay, hey, this will work for me. And she takes what works for her and she does it and she continues to succeed. And as she continues to grow, she changes things that work best for her to bring her best self at the end of the day. So taking feedback is not easy, even for me. It's not something that as you grow older or grow in your career, it gets easier, but it's definitely, I love how she's always wanting to learn and grow. It's just been a beautiful thing to see her growth, to continue to achieve the great things. And like I always tell her, and I still tell her today, you're not done. There is so much more for you. And I can't wait to receive the next call.
3: Oh. Hey, I'm just getting promoted. Oh my god, <laughs> Those are like my best days. You mentioned something. You said feedback. I've been doing some some research and it's showing that feedback is one of the very main things that's keeping women from getting promoted because people are afraid to give us feedback. And without that feedback, we can't do better, right? So like being able to get that feedback and know how to take the feedback, right, has helped tremendously. So I think you know that's super important for us to continue to give each other that hard feedback that we need to hear because that's what we need in order to keep moving up.
2: That conversation to me sounds like breaking the rules already. Like that doesn't happen for everybody. That's outside of the norm. I think you're blessed that that is one of the first conversations that you had to really set your mind in the right direction of like, all right, (laughs) here's what's coming. So I'm curious, like that set the tone for you, but what's one rule that you've broken since then to get ahead in your career?
3: One of the rules that I've broken to get ahead in my career is to Mm. question authority. We are all wired to just do what we're told, but sometimes we need to think about who's making those rules and if following social norms is helping us. So, you know, some rules today are the same systemic barriers getting in the way of women and people of color advancing. And I remember walking into my first corporate job at PepsiCo and I was hired as a temp and the temp agency had this rule that you can't apply for a role at any of the organizations that they send you to. When I walked inside of PepsiCo, I knew at that very moment that that's somewhere that I wanted to work. And I knew that if I applied for a role that I wasn't breaking a law, I knew that I didn't sign anything to say that I won't you know, apply for a job. And, you know, breaking that rule resulted in 16 successful years at that company. So, you know, that was like one of the first rules that I broke and it got me much success. So sometimes we really need to ask ourselves if that rule is a roadblock, and if it is, then we need to question authority.
1: This is a new one that I feel our audience needs to write down. And every time that they get a no. Or every time that somebody says you can't do A, B, or C, that they ask themselves this simple question, is this a roadblock? Because this is a game changer. Nicole, you told us about the first rule that you broke, and I think it's wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit more about where you grew up? I know you grew up in the Bronx, and I know know your story, but I would love for our audience to hear about your background and where you grew up and maybe even where do you feel that this rule stemmed from? Because I'm sure you just get up one day and said, hey, (laughs) I'm going to question authority.
3: (laughs) This is where it gets a little deep. I was raised by two hardworking parents who always had to be in survival mode right? We had good shelter. We had good food. We had the word of God. But survival mode for them was constantly worrying about having enough money for the next month list of expenses. It was, you know, worrying about us getting to and from school safely every day because we lived in a neighborhood flooded with drug dealers and users. And basically, survival mode for them was about raising children while living with uncertainty about the future while pretending to have it all figured out. And today research tells us that being in survival mode could cause a decline in mental health, right? Including anxiety, depression, substance use, the list goes on. So long story short is that I had to grow up fast, but I would not change it for anything in the world because I believe that experience growing up made me who I am today. And today I feel like I could thrive in any environment. You could put me in a room with anyone and I'm not afraid to speak up for myself or others because I had to do that in my entire life. Um, it also taught me how to read people, right? And read a room and know when to limit what you say. So I bring that to the workplace as well. That environment, it also taught me courage. It helped me stay focused on the life that I did not want for myself. And that's still a motivation for me today.
1: You know, that goes back into one of our themes, right? Create what you want to see. And it looks to me like your life experiences helped you stay focused on what you wanted to see different for yourself. And that helped you find the courage or have the courage, or you are very courageous already, (laughs) but to say, hey, I cannot let this get in the way. I've been through worse and I found the way out. How do I figure this out here? Mm-hmm. So it sounds to me like all the skills and all your experiences growing up, it made you resourceful, strategic, and courageous. All transferable skills that are hot skills needed in the, uh, as a leader in organizations today. And
0: the reading people. Absolutely.
1: Oh, yes.
3: <laughs> Tell us about that. Growing up. <laughs> you had to know when something was about to start happening. You had to know like when an argument was going to become more than an argument. So all of that stuff, like you said, it's transferable to the workplace. You know, when you're trying to sell something or sell an idea or a strategy or whatever it is, I could tell by, you know, someone's body language if they're not feeling what I'm saying and how to switch the conversation. Right. It was the same thing growing up. And recently I learned something different about courage because you're saying like, you know, courage, courage, courage. You know, I always thought that if you had courage, that means that you wasn't scared. I thought, you know, like, I wish I had more courage. Why am I always so nervous? Why am I always afraid? And then recently I realized that courage is not about not being afraid. It's about being scared and, and doing it anyway doing it while you're scared. That's courage. So like up until maybe a few months ago, Sally to say, I never really thought I was courageous until I, you know, seen it from a different perspective about courage is about doing it anyway.
1: And you have been doing that. So you've been <laughs> very courageous.
2: <laughs> Thank you. I feel like when you're talking about what you've learned in your past life, that pre-corporate world, right? And when you're transitioning into this place and understanding who do I trust? What conversations are profitable? What direction should I move in? You also said, you know, when you grew up, you were also focused on like you have the word, right? You're understanding what your spiritual world is like. And I feel like, you know, I just talked to someone about this recently how that can translate to our professional life as well, because you're walking into these big rooms. You don't know everyone yet. You're still gaining trust. And even though there's a lot of unknown, when you're telling your story, it reminds me that we can walk through these doors, but if you have street smarts or you have spiritual knowledge, really walking into the unknown isn't all that unknown because the energy and the spirit is so familiar. So you know what to do with it. Like you can handle anything.
3: You know, I got a lot of no's before I got one yes. And I remember feeling so down and and so out every time I got told no. And then it was my mom who reminded me of my faith. And she's like, what's for you will be for you. And once I transitioned my perspective from, you know what, I'm giving this to God. So If the answer is no, that means God didn't want that for me. He has something bigger for me. And as soon as I started believing in that wholeheartedly, it was like I would apply for a job at the company that I was at. Someone else would get it. And then I'll learn like a year later that that was probably the worst role in the world, the worst person to work for. Right. And I'm like, thank you, God. And then it would just be like a, a bigger opportunity for me later on. Um, And it happens every single time. And I mean, yes, I call Marari every time I start something new, every promotion. She reminded me of this. She's like, Nicole, do you realize every time you start a new job, you never like it at first? Because I always call her with the stress, like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. And then she's like, in a couple of months, you're going to be telling me how you love it and you can never see yourself doing anything else. And then I'm like, yeah, you're right. Right. <laughs> but it's also that that moment that's like, Nicole, trust God, like you put your career in his hands. So just let him lead. Right. And just show up and and be great. But just let him lead. So, you know, since I transitioned my perspective to see things that way, I never had to apply for a role ever since. Like every role I've gotten, someone called me to say, hey, you want to join this team? You want to join this company? What do you think about doing this? I haven't applied for not a, one position since then. That's how God works. I believe. mean, drop the mic. That's right. Literally.
2: like <laughs> I love that. Everyone have a great day. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm like, <laughs> all right, we can be done. <laughs> oh, so good.
1: You know, um, your career, right? And being able to give it to God and also being able to call other people. In this case, you know, you call me and and we have a safe space. What would you say to the people that do not have that other person that they could call or that somebody that they can trust and have that safe space or even be open to receiving the feedback, right, that we talked about earlier?
3: What would you say? That's a hard one because I feel like people are our biggest asset. We can't do anything without people. So I would say to a person that doesn't have anyone to call, find your people, find a person. That's why networking is super important. You have to get out, you have to meet people because it will be those same peoples that help you get through, that give you a different perspective. Um, there's so many people out here. I hate for someone not to have people call me if you you need someone to talk to. I just think it's impossible to do this stuff without having access to people you trust and to people that you could call on. That's what sometimes may be difficult
1: because people don't feel that they have their people or that they can trust. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that you said, hey, people call me. So I'm sure your phone's going to be ringing. But, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think what I would say to the listeners is if you're not mentoring somebody, then you are not contributing <laughs> to advancing women to advancing multicultural women. So here's an action for the listeners. Even if you're a multicultural woman, you need to mentor and sponsor other people because you're not helping and you're called here to help, (laughs) period.
3: (laughs) I 100% agree with that.
2: I think building on that too is on the other side for those listeners who need to be mentored and they're like, where do I start? How do I get connected with these women? How do I get connected with a mentor? I just spoke at a high school yesterday and one of the students asked me, so when you were just getting started, how did you build these relationships? Did you just straight up ask people, will you be my mentor? And I said, yeah. (laughs) And they, they looked at me like, is she being serious right now? And I was like, I know it sounds a little bold, But yes, and you just have to put yourself out there because more often than not, when people are at a certain place in their career and they're established, giving back feels really, really good. And people didn't work as hard as they've worked Mm -hmm. to just hold it in. You know what I mean? They wanna help people who are still in the trenches and figuring it out. And you just have to ask, like put yourself out there And please do yourself a favor and ask because we all need somebody. Don't think that you need to do it alone. We're not meant to do it alone.
1: Courtney, I love that you said we all need somebody because the reality is Mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter how high you get, even if you're an owner of an organization or you're the CEO of an organization, they still need mentors too. So the sooner you can start getting used to having a mentor in your life, somebody that you could trust, that gives it to you real, that helps develop you and expand you, The better because you're going to need them. And if you look around you today and you don't have one, Mm -hmm. go get one because you have blind spots that you may not see if you don't have a mentor in your life.
3: Absolutely. Me having the mentors that I had helped me out tremendously. And I've never asked someone, like, hey, can you be my mentor? No, what I would do is just put some time (laughs) on somebody's calendar to say, hey, would love to get to know more about you, what you do, and how you got to where you are. What I learned is that people love talking about themselves. And if you're that person that they could just like talk to about themselves, you could be that person because while they're speaking, you're getting those little nuggets, right? Um, And then once they get to enjoy having those conversations with you, they want to continue. Once you pull them in that way, then the next conversation is like, hey, I have a situation. Tell me what would you do, you know? And then that's how you get them to start to invest in you. And depending on the mentor, once they start to invest in you, they feel like, okay, I invested my time in this person. I want to see her grow. So that's how you get them to become your sponsors, right? So now they're talking about you in rooms that you don't even know of, all because you just started this conversation with, I want to learn more about you and how you got to where you are. I think it feels just a little bit weird saying, hey, Marari, I love that speech you just had. Can you be my mentor? Like, that doesn't sound good to me. But I think, you know, saying, hey, Marari, um, I would love to go get a coffee with you and just learn more about who you are and how you got here. It's like you said, it works
1: different for everybody. I had people come to me and ask me if I could be their mentor. And what I always say is, we got to make sure that we have the right chemistry, mm-hmm. right? Because I think at the end of the day, there's good mentors, bad mentors, there are good mentees and bad mentees. And it's all about the chemistry and being able to just build that trust with each other, to your point, so that it could become a, a long-term relationship
2: that turns into sponsors because we know we all need those. I think that starting out with like an informational interview is always a safe place to begin like, Nicole, you were saying, reaching yes. out and saying, hey, like, I'm really interested in X, Y, and Z. I would love to learn from you. That's something I didn't say earlier. I don't think I've come right out the gate and been like, hey, I've I've been learning about you. Be my mentor. It's not like creepy, <laughs> but definitely engaging, you know, <laughs> engaging in that conversation and saying, hey, like, this is what I've observed I would love to have a conversation with you more about it, see how it goes. And so much can be revealed in that first conversation and just like let things unfold organically. Like I think going into an informational interview with an open mind has always led to the most life-changing, not even just life-changing conversations, but life-changing relationships always. That's how I met Elisa.
3: Absolutely. Mm. And you get to see, yeah, and you get to see if there's chemistry within that conversation. When you're doing it that way, you could say, you could walk away like, "Hmm, no, there's no connection there. Or you could, you know, walk away with, oh my gosh, I can't wait to the next conversation with this person.
0: So I like that, Courtney. I was going to say, doesn't this apply to like every type of relationship? Friendships, mentors, sponsors, significant others partners you know all these things i mean it's just basic human interactions that we're talking about and nothing wrong with being strategic well you
1: know me i stalk people and i'm like hey is this person somebody that i want (laughs) to you know that i that i want in my life or that i trust that would give me advice so it could be creepy but hey it's worked
0: Well, this conversation took a turn from breaking the rules to getting mentors. And I think that says something about this topic, because when you do reach a roadblock, it's an indicator that, oh, maybe this is time to break the rule. And what better way to break a rule than have an army of supporters around you, even if that means one mentor, one sponsor, a friend. My takeaway from this is when I break the rules, I don't want to break them alone. I don't want to be by myself when I do this. Yeah. My takeaway
1: has been, yes, I don't want to be alone, but also take a look at your experiences that you've lived through and how that translates into today, into the workplace. Nicole's story clearly showcases that her experiences growing up has made her a better leader, has also helped her break the rules to question authority, but even break the rules to ask for help and find mentors. Because if I heard correctly in the past, growing up, she was doing it alone, right? She had to figure it out. She had to grow up fast and she broke the rules by saying, okay, I'm open To listening to feedback. I'm no longer one to do this alone.
3: It all goes back to owning your career, owning your purpose, taking full responsibility and being intentional about your actions, right? It means having an idea about where you want to go, making a plan, right? And most importantly, taking those like incremental actions to get there. So, you know, even for me, it means like you don't wait for others to tell you what to do or where to go. You own it. You speak up for yourself and you go for it. Right. If you see someone that you think could be impactful or could help you in your career, go for it. Don't wait. Be like Marari. (laughs) Reach out to them. (laughs) No, but
1: I love what you said, even translating into questioning the rules. So is this rule a roadblock? Take action. Because sometimes we start feeding ourselves all these limited beliefs and like, oh, maybe, yeah, let me wait. Just imagine, mm-hmm. just think about it. Just step back one second. Imagine if you wouldn't have applied for that role. We may not even know each other. Just imagine if you would have snoozed.
3: It's one more thing that I'll I'll share that someone at my previous company taught me you know how like we'll have an opportunity and we'll overthink it and we're not sure if we should make the move. She mentioned these three L's, right? And she said, stop overthinking. If it meets your L's, just go for it. And the L's were, you know, level, learnings and location, right? So if this is going to get you to a higher level, if you're going to learn a ton and if the location is right, don't think about anything else. Just go for it. You know, move across the country. If it meets those three requirements, go ahead and do it. And I'll have to tell you that those L's have not failed me yet. So anytime, you know, for any of the listeners who's kind of stuck in in making a decision, if those L's check off, leap. That's the new L. And go ahead and, and just go for it. I wanted to share that because that has been helpful for me uh, throughout the years as well. Well, you heard it here, ladies
1: and gentlemen, (laughs) from Nicole Todd. (laughs) I love those three L's, I'm gonna write them down.
0: Want more advice on how to break the rules and outsmart the game to advance your career? Check us out on Instagram, YouTube, and our website, whatrulespodcast.com. For more insight from our guests and host, and join our community on LinkedIn, where we discuss rule-breaking strategies for multicultural women. What Rules is a project of Zara Consulting and is supported by the amazing team at Stories Bureau. This episode was produced by Alexandra Uresta with editing and music supervision by Joshua Ramsey, and it was engineered and mixed by Jeremy Tuttle. Our podcast cover was designed by DeLeon Creative. Visit WhatRulesPodcast.com for more info, upcoming events, and all episodes of What Rules, including video, and make sure to give us a follow.